My name is Paige, and I'm the host of All the Things That Keep Us Up at Night. It's a true crime podcast with eerie events mixed in. I'd love for you to join me and let me tell you all about the spine-chilling, hair-raising events in true crime history, as well as cases that are currently developing. You can also join the podcast group on Facebook, All the Things That Keep Us Up at Night podcast, and follow the Instagram at All the Things That Keep Us Up. If you'd like to send a suggestion for an upcoming show, feel free to email me at All the Things That Keep Us Up at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy, be aware of your surroundings, and don't end up being a subject on my podcast. I used to feel alone, awkward, and self-conscious. I felt as if I was walking down an endless road leading nowhere. I suffered from deep depression, and I couldn't shake the pain. Soon I would catch myself having thoughts of suicide. I ached in pain for someone to come and help and tell me everything's alright. As I drifted off into my daily thoughts of emptiness, someone stepped in and reached out. They told me they were there for me. I later realized in a world this big, there will always be someone to confide in. I'm so thankful someone came to my rescue and made me feel loved. You do not have to suffer alone. Be the difference in someone's life and don't let another beautiful life be wasted. Don't wait until it's too late. Know the signs. Give light to someone in need. If you know someone who is suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. Guys, welcome to this week's Serial Snippet. It is me, your host, Brendan Shea. I hope you're all doing well if you're still in lockdown. I hope everybody is healthy and safe and just following the guidelines of what we're supposed to do so this can go away so we can have a summer. We all just want we want it to go away so we can get back to normal. This is not the new normal, guys. Annie said it a couple weeks ago and it made me laugh because on all these commercials they say, as we get ready for the new norm, this isn't the new norm. This is just... A little hitch in the giddy up, as they say, guys. We're going to get through. Today, I have one of my friends, a fellow unbeliever, a paranormal investigator, Mr. Will Fox, is joining me today to talk about some of his experiences as a paranormal investigator, the ghost hunts he's been on, his team, what he's been up to. So we're going to talk to him here in just a minute. But I wanted to, first of all, say... We've noticed an uptick in five-star reviews, guys, and this really, really is awesome. You guys make us feel very, very loved, and it just boosts us to want to do this show bigger and better, and that's why we decided that we are going to do Serial Spirits Live. You know, we announced it last week, and every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Annie Weibel Weebs, my beautiful, lovely co-host, is going to be coming to you live from Facebook via Paranormal Warehouse, bringing you some awesome guests and some awesome stories. Every once in a while, I'll jump on there with her and we'll talk about some of the stories we've covered on the podcast or maybe another creepy, crazy story that we found. But every Tuesday, we're going to have that. And it's awesome, guys, because not only do you get an episode or a snippet a week, but you also get to see us live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. So be on the lookout for that 
Guys, we're super excited about it. Let's get into our guest right now, Mr. Will Fox. Will is the founder and lead investigator of the New York State branch of Long Island Paranormal Investigators. He also specializes in EVPs, paranormal tech, and shadow people. Let's bring him in right now, Mr. Will Fox. So guys, we are here with Will Fox, and he's a friend of mine. He lives on Long Island, and he is a ghost hunter like Annie and myself, and we're going to bring him on right now. He's here. He's with us. Will, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man, and uh, I need to give you an update, actually. I uh, I moved. I moved to Buffalo, New York. and Oh, uh, a Buffalo guy now. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Buffalo now, and... Uh, we uh, we're, we're expanding the Long Island Paranormal Investigators uh, to to different areas now. We're still in New York, but now we have two branches: one on Long Island and one here with me in Buffalo. So you so you moved way upstate there. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's kind of hell of a move. Oh, it was it was needed. Let me tell you something. <laughs> well, I mean that that's cool. That's cool. How you got? How's the lockdown up there? It's uh, it's it still sucks, but uh, you know it's. There's not a lot of people, well, not as many people up here as there are obviously in Manhattan or Long Island, so it's uh it still sucks, but you know, we're handling it up here. Well, we'll have to talk later cuz I know some some good people up there in Buffalo who uh, have access to a lot of cool locations. I mean, it's it's a cool town. I've been there quite a quite a few times. I've investigated there quite a few times. There's, you know, obviously the Buffalo Central Terminal is one of the coolest places in the world to investigate. It is. So, yeah, you're right in the hot spot of a lot of cool things. Yeah, there's a lot of places that I really have my eye on right now. And um, actually, one of them recently, uh, just just to throw them out there, I guess, the uh, Statler Hotel uh, right in downtown Buffalo. It's basically almost literally across the street from City Hall. Um, they just recently, actually within the past, I'd say, three weeks of us recording this, they... I mean, they said that they need the spirits to rest from now. So they said they closed uh, paranormal investigating indefinitely. They need the spirits to rest or COVID-19 hit. I mean, that's I, th- I think that's what it is. I- I'm hoping for the latter. <laughs> yeah. Well, my friend Dan Clayus, he uh, he owns the Hinsdale house, and he I know he's done a lot of work in in that hotel. So I have to have to give you his his information. You guys can hook up and check that place out. I would love that. You know, in my uh, my day job, I'm a delivery driver, and I actually uh, I was down there delivering a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, one of a big box truck and all that. And his uh, the Hinsdale house is on the, a dead end road, so I I decided to go drive down past it and see it for the first time in person. And uh, I got my truck, well, not stuck, but I definitely had to back down that road again because there was definitely oh, no room God. to that turn suck. that truck around. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about you. You you started paranormal investigating. Uh, I mean, just just let's just tell tell us about you. Yeah, man. Um, so you know, as a kid, uh, a lot of people say that they believe in ghosts early on, but for me, it was a little different. Um, I didn't really believe in ghosts in high school or middle school or anything like that. I not that I didn't believe. I just didn't really think about it. Um, so for me, it was when I was in the Marine Corps. I was stationed in Japan uh, for two years. And while I was in Japan, um, I was in the the vehicle bay that we do our work at. Uh, I was a dispatcher overnight. And, of course, that means I had to be there by myself. And I had just gotten uh, a truck to leave. It was about 
I'd say t- maybe 1.30 or 2 in the morning, something like that. And the truck left the motor pool, so I closed up the gates. And as I was walking back into the uh, into the office, um, you know those, uh, I don't really know what they're called, crawlers maybe, creepers, something like that, The where you, like a mechanic uses it. You lay it down, it's a bench, got wheels on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of those. Uh, we have those all over the over the uh, warehouse, so, um, and we always lean them up against the wall at the end of the night or at the end of the day when we're done working. So one of those, while I was walking into the warehouse, fell over and rolled across the floor in this giant warehouse. So I didn't really think anything of it. You know, I called that. I said, hey, is anyone there? I got no response or anything like that. So didn't think anything of it at the time. I put it back up and I started walking back to the office again and it happened again and it started rolling towards me. So that was the moment where I was like, okay, this is something that my little flashlight can't handle. <laughs> so uh, that that changed uh, my view of the paranormal world and kind of opened it up for me. Um, well, that's cool. It happened in a different country. I mean, I you know, I've talked to a lot of people and for people to say, oh, yeah, this happened to me in Japan. I mean, that's that's pretty sweet. You had a paranormal experience. You had to go all the way across the world to have a paranormal experience. And thank you for your service. You know, my dad, my dad was a Marine in Okinawa, Japan. He did the same thing. He drove the trucks. He was in the heavy junk. So that's, that's pretty sweet too. But yeah, I mean, like I said, that's, that's something I've never heard before. Somebody traveled across the world, had a paranormal experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, I appreciate your support also. And, uh, not for nothing. It's, um, I got really lucky with that because, uh, not only, you know, did I, I lived in Okinawa, Japan, where just massive battles in World War II occurred. Um, you know, that was my livelihood every single day. So I got to live that. But also, I got a chance to um, go to a reunion honor ceremony um, of the Japanese and the uh, American side on Iwo Jima, which is now like a closed off island for anything that doesn't have to do with the military. Like, civilians really it's incredibly rare for a civilian to get a chance to go there so i i got to be there for a ceremony for three days and nothing specifically paranormal but just being on that tiny tiny little island in the middle of the pacific ocean where so much happened it's just it's unreal you could feel the the heaviness in the air and and it's it's a, a beautiful island but you could just feel it well that's awesome that you said that because i think a lot of people forget and I, you know, me and Annie talk about this a lot, but I think one of the most important things about being a paranormal investigator, doing this research, getting into this field is that people forget about the history. They want the thrill. They want to talk to like, especially when you're ghost hunting, they want to talk to the spirits and, and they think these places, you know, oh, there's a there's a guy here who who haunts this place. Let's try to communicate with him. But when you walk into a place that has immeasurable amount of history Mm -hmm. it just makes it 10 times better and like you you hit the nail on the head you said it like just to be in this location where you know people died people gave their life two sides fighting for their country i mean to be standing in that same spot where this happened that's an incredible feeling and that to it's the energy itself is just overwhelming it really is and 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 there's for people that you know are state or i almost said stationed i got military on the mind the people that live like in the United States or really anywhere in the world, I guarantee you 
there are battlefields near you. Like whether people respect them or not and or whether they're memorialized or not, if you do the research, I guarantee you, you will find some sort of battlefield near you where you could you could just know that something crazy happened there at one point in time and it's it it is just like there's one thing I say all the time that a paranormal investigator, every paranormal investigator should also be a historian because to truly yes, investigate the yes. paranormal, you really need to truly understand the history of these locations. Unless you're the type of person who goes into every single investigation completely blind, to which I, you know, Godspeed to you. But <laughs> I, I like to go in there with a little bit of background knowledge and know what I'm dealing with and try to be able to connect with whatever's there. Well, you know, I've known a lot of people, too, who go, who want to go in there blind. But to me, it's just it takes away from you know, the awe, the awe of it to just be like, like you said, you go to this battlefield. Like I've been to, when I was a kid, I went to Gettysburg with my Boy Scout. I love Gettysburg. Yeah. And just to be standing on this hollowed ground and like, I was always into history. I loved history. It was before I was even like, you know, I'm going to be a ghost hunter kind of thing. Like just to be in this area where all this history took place was just like, wow, dude, Wow. And I know I, I've talked to some people who are just like, oh, I see this seen this place on TV, so it's it's cool I'm standing in the same place that Zach Bagans like walked down the hallway. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I guess that's cool if you're into that kind of thing. But Abraham Lincoln stood here at one point and right. gave this huge speech, you know, and it's like the sixteenth president, one of the greatest presidents in our country's history, stood here. Yeah. And you know, it just it changed the world. It changed the outlook of our country's history, and we're standing right here where it happened. I mean, that's that's an incredible feeling. Not to mention, and I'll stand by this: it's Gettysburg is the resting place for some of America's most brave humans to have ever lived. I mean, for for you to, I mean, this is a whole different tangent on the Civil War, but anyone who chooses to stand up and fight against sometimes literally their brothers, then. I, I mean, you got to be a really brave and and strong-minded person to be able to do that. Yeah, and just t- like think about this: people who do not live in the United States and are listening to this, I'm sure that you know some about America's history. There was a, a terrible civil war; it was the North versus the South. It happened in the 1860s, and literally, the state that I live in, West Virginia, it flip-flopped between the Union and the Confederacy, and there were definitely people in this state who fought against their family. I mean, it was literally brother against brother, and just, God, that's, I mean, that's, it's an incredible, incredible thing to happen in human history. It sucks, it's sad, but... And and to have, you know, to be so lucky to have Gettysburg memorialized in a national park now is so incredible, not only for like paranormal investigators like us, where we have the opportunity to go investigate those places, but also for just, you know, a high school student or uh, like you said, a Boy Scout troop where you can just go and appreciate the foundations that our country has had, but just, I mean, just incredible levels of humanity and just the stories that come out of Gettysburg specifically, but, you know, the Civil War, any war really, but Gettysburg is just un- incredible. I, I, it's my top five, at least, favorite places in the United States. Well, let, while we're on that subject, why don't we talk about some of the best places that you've been that you've got to ghost hunt and do research on and some of the evidence you captured there? Well, yeah, obviously Gettysburg is going to be on that list. 
Um, Gettysburg is actually the very first place that I had ever investigated in my life. Um, when I joined Long Island Paranormal Investigators, uh, it was uh, kind of in the winter time, and uh, they don't really investigate during the winter. So the very first time that we had gotten a chance to go out that year was our trip to Gettysburg. So I had an entire team of pretty well-experienced paranormal investigators with me, teaching me how to investigate the paranormal in Gettysburg, which was incredible. But I can I can accurately say that the the very first scientific hard evidence I had ever caught was actually my very first investigation, which is incredibly shocking. But uh, I was we were in the uh, Devil's Den section of Gettysburg, which for people that are not familiar, it's um, you've probably seen the most famous photo from Gettysburg. It's the uh, the Confederate sniper, quote unquote, that was killed uh, while he was you know resting in, in between two rocks, and his body just kind of fell back. And it's it's actually a staged photograph, but it is a very famous photograph. Um, but that's where it happened. So you know we were there investigating. You know, asking um, some questions, and I remember one of the investigators had asked, uh, you know, can you give us, or, or no, what was it? Oh, he said, um, what, what's the best time and date for us to be able to contact you? And uh, I was holding a just a basic digital thermometer, an ambient digital thermometer, and uh, a piece of equipment that the Long Island Paranormal Investigators has actually uh, invented. It's called the energy loss meter. It just it's basically just a voltometer uh, connected to a nine volt battery, and it it's it kind of works with if uh, the spirits like kind of using uh, energy like to draw power from batteries. It kind of tracks that. So I was I was holding both of those, and both of the meters dropped suddenly. It was probably about a sixty degree night or so, and the digital thermometer dropped down to forty four degrees. And then went right back up to normal and the uh, energy loss meter I was holding went from nine volts down to four volts and back down or back up to nine volts. So it was, it, there's really no reason for either of those things to have happened, especially right after we said, what's the best time and date for us to contact you? So, especially outside. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> Open air. It wasn't even windy or anything like that. So it, it's, it's definitely uh, hard to explain that. Um, but that's, that's pretty significant. Um, we've been to uh, Lake George Battlefield, which is a, a battlefield in the French and Indian War. Um, in, that's upstate of New York as well. Um, and that was pretty significant because that was the very first time that I had ever been physically touched by a spirit. Um, and there's a whole long story about that. I don't know if we have time for that today, but... Uh, long story short, no, go ahead, go ahead. Don't no, oh, just tell us hey, you got, you got touched. Awesome. Perfect. So I, th- this story gives me chills every time I tell it. Cause it's truly unreal. Cause I got verification at the same time. So there's, there's kind of like a, a plaza where outside in, uh, in the battlefield where it's kind of like a canopy over the top of a bunch of, um, like picnic tables and stuff like that. So we had just kind of corralled in that area to do a, an EVP session together. It's probably about, I'd say maybe eight to 10 of us in the team and we all spread out in the pavilion and uh, there's a good amount of space in between us across from me was an investigator, Tom O'Connell. Um, and then I was sitting at a picnic table with my back to the corner of this pavilion, which was surrounded by this, I'd say about three foot rock wall. 
um, that was built into the pavilion. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're doing EVP sessions, asking questions. Um, you know, people are taking photographs, all kinds of stuff. And one of the lead investigators, Dimitri, um, just happened to take a flash photograph with a regular digital camera um, facing away from me. Um, now, that's important because of it, it, you know, goes into how we try to debunk it later on. But he was facing away from me, but the flash was bright enough to illuminate the entire pavilion just for that split second. But at that very moment, Tom, uh, sitting directly across from me, happened to be looking toward me and in the flash saw a figure behind me, like a, he says about six foot tall figure standing directly behind me, which is right in the corner of the pavilion. So, you know, he, he reacted quickly. And before I could get the word what out of my mouth, I felt a strong hand on the back of my neck, just kind of grabbed me with the thumb and, and index finger on opposite sides, which was jarring to me obviously so you know i kind of jumped up and looked back but i didn't see anything at the time so for it to have happened at the same moment where tom was in front of me and saw it behind me at the same time i felt it on the back of my neck it was just one of my most significant uh paranormal interactions i've ever had yeah that's that's pretty creepy my dad used to do the same kind of grab on me he used to come up behind me and be like i just kind of grabbed me and it used to piss me off so bad and uh, he did it to me when I was a kid. And then when I started apprenticing with him for being an electrician, he used to do the, I was like oh, 25 years old and he'd do the same thing and kind of lead me around. And I was like, oh, dad. <laughs> but I mean, that to be touched like that for the first time with somebody just coming up and being like, come here, boy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of freaky. Yeah. It'll really, it'll really put you, uh, it'll really make you humble real quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your, your butt probably puckered real quick and yeah. <laughs> a, a little bit. <laughs> So you guys, I mean, you guys started your team in what year? Let's, let's cut, I guess let's backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit about your team. You guys, I mean, are you a lifelong Long Islander? Uh, unfortunately I have to say yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Long Island if you can't tell, but, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I was born and raised on Long Island. Uh, I went into the Marine Corps at 18, so I kind of say that I was raised in the Marine Corps, if you if you ask me, because I didn't come out the same way. But uh, so once I came back from the Marine Corps, I did uh, live on Long Island, and I, I got into construction right after the Marine Corps. And I joined the Long Island Paranormal Investigators um, just kind of on a whim. They happened to, I, I think they promoted uh, like an ad on Facebook saying like, hey, you want to be a paranormal investigator, um, we're holding open interviews on this date and this time. So I was like, well, that's weird. Like, I, I don't know. I just had this weird experience in Japan. Like maybe I, maybe I should like occupy my time with something interesting. So the time and date had passed. So I, I had to, uh, you know, email them and, or message them on Facebook, I think. And, uh, we set up an interview. Um, and then I just went to the interview. I, I killed it and I, uh, I, it's, I haven't looked back since. Um, it's been truly an unreal experience, like just joining an incredible group of, of humans that are so devoted to investigating the paranormal, but not only investigating it, but truly being, I guess, true uh, in the way that like there was zero tolerance in making things up. Like 
once you once you fabricate one piece of equipment or one or uh, one piece of evidence, nobody is ever going to believe you in our field again. So, you know, we we take a lot of pride in that, and and I like that a lot. So, um, you know that that's kind of what opened me up into the world of paranormal investigation, and and I don't think I would have been here today had it not been for that just incredible team of investigators. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they truly, Long Island Paranormal Investigators has been around since March of 2003, and they truly have their, their training regimens and leadership, you know, structure just completely down pat, and it's, it's very well done. Michael Cardenuto, the, uh, the founder and, and lead investigator, has really outdone himself with that project. No, that's that's pretty incredible when you can be with a bunch of people who are, I mean, they're seasoned investigators, they're veterans, and it's not that they go into a place thinking every place is haunted. I mean, you know, you you do it long enough, you realize that not every place is haunted. And you said something that's pretty incredible to me. And, you know, in the age of this technology, you can fabricate anything, right? Absolutely. And so for them to say you fabricate one piece of equipment or evidence, that's it. No one's ever going to believe you. You got to go. I mean, that's that's totally legit because no one, no I, I, people don't believe if you if you show somebody a ghost legitimately, like they they're still going to be like, well that that's not a ghost. No, it's a projection. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a projection. So. <laughs> You know, like it's it's hard enough to actually catch something and prove it to people, whereas you know there's people out there that do fabricate stuff. I mean, I've been part of projects where stuff's been fabricated. I remember being on a team, and it was the the most fun that I've ever had ghost hunting. But we had this, we brought this guy in, and the guy was a paramedic. He was like this legit, like we thought he was a credible dude, and. He comes in there. We're having all this weird activity in this basement, and all these rocks are getting thrown at us. We're like, wow, this is uncanny, dude. We've never had anything like this. But it kept continuing. We started thinking to ourselves, like, there's something weird here, right? This Every time we ask for something, it's happening. Well, one of the guys on our team, he was a really seasoned, really smart dude. He decided he was going to turn the camera towards this guy without anybody even knowing. Like, I didn't even know that he did it. And he caught the guy manipulating. He's throwing rocks like out of the side of his hand, just kind of like like he's almost skipping rocks down the concrete basement floor. And we caught him on camera doing it. And it was like he denied it and denied it. And we sent him the video. And he's like, I'm not throwing rocks. There's not rocks in my hand. I just got like, you know, my, my wrist was cracking. And it's like, no, dude, you're throwing <laughs> rocks. You know? So it's like it sucks when you have people that manipulate evidence just so they can make themselves, I don't know, be on TV or whatever and for for a team to be like you manipulate one piece of evidence you're gone i mean that's it our credibility's done we yeah. built this reputation and that's it exactly i mean mike's been doing this for i mean i'm bad at math but since 2003 now and you know for for him to allow someone to just make something up when he's been put devoting his entire life to prove the paranormal and and also build our legitimacy to allow someone to just do something stupid like that uh to be in the group would just it would go against everything he'd done for however long he's been doing this so it's there's no point i mean we're a local paranormal group we're not famous you don't you go across the country people don't know who the long island paranormal investigators are people in in uh, lake george and gettysburg do 
because we've been going for so many years, which is kind of cool. It kind of makes you feel like a celebrity. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's not like we're making money off of this. We we all spend a lot of our own money on equipment and batteries and membership fees and all kinds of stuff. So there's really no there's no point. Like, what are you what are you trying to prove <laughs> to, to anybody? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you talk, you, you sent me a little bit of a bio and you talk about EVPs and let's, let's talk about EVPs for a little bit, because I think one of the most amazing pieces of evidence that you can gather on any investigation, I tell people this all the time, 90% of the evidence you're going to come out of on an investigation is going to be audio. Yes, and absolutely. the biggest like interest that I have in this whole thing is these, especially disembodied voices, like these voices from nowhere. And you will sit in a room for hours and you may not think you're catching anything. And then you go back and you listen to your voice recorders and you have answers to questions that you asked. I mean, yeah. so what is your thoughts on what this stuff is and what kind of research have you gone and done to, you know, further the the science in evp i mean there's um you know there's there's several different ways to capture evps uh, you know you could do it through a camera through a video camera with the audio uh recording you know the microphone on the camera you could do it that way you could do it with a digital recorder you could do it with an audio recorder you know you can um we use this uh equipment i don't know if you've ever heard of this called germanium diode and it's a it's a way to capture uh, AM frequencies plugged directly into the uh, the microphone jack on a uh, recorder. No, so, that's that's actually pretty sweet. I've never heard of that. That's that's something new. That's that's well, pretty. That's a really good idea too. We'll have to talk about that after the episode. But yes, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting piece of equipment. I can't I can't claim that we use it often, but when we do, um, it's, it's almost like using a ghost box kind of quote unquote, where it just scans through frequencies and you can just kind of catch up on these, uh, you know, voices that span over that, those multiple different frequencies and, and it's great, but it's, it, it acts as like a, uh, oh, exactly like a digital recorder where you won't be able to hear it in real time. So Going back, like you said, going back and, and hearing your audio uh, through that night, you know, it's funny. You listen to yourself over time and you, you just remember how tired you were at that point. Like, oh, man, I remember I'm, I'm asking like uh, I'm in this dark, damp basement and I'm asking somebody if somebody's here. Right. But uh, you, you don't expect anything at the time. But then you go back and you listen and, and you just get a crystal clear name or a, or a yes or a no or something like that. It just makes it so worth it. So. Um, you know, as far as like the, the actual work that we've been doing, um, debunking is like the, the number one thing you should be doing when you're listening to EVPs, you know, you need to, uh, and it starts right from when we start, um, the audio, you know, session where, you know, we give the time, date, uh, location, the person that's recording the audio, uh, anyone who's with that person at the time, because we want to be able to identify all these voices that you're hearing on the on the audio recording, so you can kind of you know weed out the spare you know voices that you hear. But as well as like when you're recording and you're in a basement and you get something in your throat and you go, <coughs> you want to be able to say, "Hey, that was me. I was coughing." You know, just real quick in the audio, just to mark it to so not say like, "Oh man, I caught this ghost." coughing at me like you know it's you need to be able to <laughs> weed out you know the bull uh, but uh debunking is obviously 
number one uh, priority when you're listening to EVPs. Yeah, yeah, we always call that tagging the audio. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we, you know, I used to use this program a lot, and I learned it from a guy, and he had been doing it for a long time, and it was a, uh, I forget the name of it, but they used to use it for bird calling, like they would use it to to determine the frequency of different types of birds like whether it was male or female whether it was mating whether it was territorial kind of thing and it, it was like it was like an ornithology kind of audio program and what it basically did is you could listen to it you could put it in a mode where you look at it it's almost like the heat map kind of and you could tell you could go across it and you could see all the normal ranges and then bam something would jump up or something would be real low and you go to that and sure enough you caught an evp because human beings only speak in a certain frequency range so you could go to that spot right then and there and be like wow i think i caught an evp you go and sure enough you may have caught something whether or not it's like you know some kind of transient background noise that we didn't hear at the time you know, like some kind of radio frequency or whatever, but most of the time it was a voice. And, you know, it just got to the point where you didn't have to listen to the whole audio file, even though I recommend doing that. But it was it was this cool thing. And what we used to do is we used to take like, you know, we would take members of our team and be like, say your name, and then you'd, you know, register their frequency, whisper your name, and usually it was in the same frequency level. So you could go back and be like, I think that was uh, Nancy was making that noise at this time. And you could go and check that frequency range against Nancy's frequency range. And if it didn't fit, you most likely had an EVP. It just depended on what was going on at the time. So, I mean, that's just something I used to do. Yeah, I actually, uh, you know, once upon a blue moon, when uh, you and I were both guests on the uh, the Unbelievable, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Unbelievers podcast, I was time traveling just now. Um, we were both a guests on that on that episode, and you had mentioned something about that, uh, and I I was interested at the time, and now I am even more so. So yeah, I mean, I, I I've, I'll try to find out the name of it, and I'll pass it along to you. I forget what it was. I used to have it on my uh, desktop that I had, but man, it really helped out a lot. Like it was a pretty cool. It was it was a great idea for the guy. He came up with these like, oh, my girlfriend was into like you know birds and stuff, and I just tapped into it and started using it, and it worked for him. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, it, it sounds like a good idea to to be able to listen in on individual frequencies and be able to identify them visually uh, as well as audio, audibly, audibly, audibly. That's the word. Audibly, yeah, that's the word. Like <laughs> I, I say a lot of stuff wrong too all the time. Audibly is the new word of the day. So, Will, you know, you've been doing this for how long now? How long you been a paranormal investigator? Uh, it's been, uh, just over two years now. And you've had some pretty incredible experiences. Uh, what would you say the first time you experienced something? I mean, what do you think all this is? Oh, that's a broad question, man. Um, but I mean, you know, cause I have always had these theories. I've talked to a lot of people. They think that, you know, it's interdimensional. They think that it's, you know, two times crossing over the quantum paradox. All this stuff is happening at the same time. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on what's going on? Well, I, I think the majority of what a paranormal investigator will, will interact with is residual energy, um, where that really has no intelligence to it at all. It's just energy left over from a being that was alive. So I think that's majority of what it is, but there are times where, you know, we come across what I believe to be the spirits of, of deceased human beings that are there for whatever reason. So I don't know about dimensions. I don't know about, 
you know, I'm not an astrophysicist or anything like that, but you know, I, I believe that, um, you know, what, whatever's, you know, whatever we're interacting with, uh, you know, as paranormal investigators, most of the time I do believe it, it has something to do with humans. So if somebody wants to request an investigation from your team or there's some place that they want you to come check out just on the whim, how can they, how can they reach you guys? So I would tell them to go to the website for us, uh, liparanormalinvestigators.com. Um, there's a contact us button on the website and that'll get, send an email straight to our uh, case management uh, department and you'll be in contact with Tom over there and he'll be able to direct you to either our team up here in Buffalo or uh, the team down in Long Island. Um, if you're outside the area, uh, you can still contact us. We have a, a pretty good directory of reputable teams uh, throughout the United States that we can recommend you to if we're a little too far from you. And if people want to talk to you directly, how do they get a hold of you? Well, if you want to talk to me directly, uh, you can probably just DM me on Instagram. Uh, my paranormal Instagram is uh, will underscore fox underscore paranormal. And uh, I used to do this on uh, our friend Amelia's podcast, uh, Ghost Hunting in New England. But it's kind of an inside joke there. But I am openly looking for haunted dolls. So if any of your listeners have any haunted dolls that they want to get rid of or a family member has them, you can just DM me on Instagram. I will gladly pay for the shipping. I will take them off your hands. So anybody who listens to Serial Spirits, if you have haunted dolls, do not send them to Annie and I. Send them to Will. Because <laughs> we don't want them in our house. So send them to Will. I'll take them gladly. They, they all need a home. And like Will said, you know, he was co-host for a little bit on Ghost Hunting in New England. We've talked about them. We've had them on our show. Go and check out their podcast i know sadly it came to an end but uh still we'll call, we'll call it dormant yeah, we'll call it dormant it, for now a little hiatus little 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 break right now but you know uh go check out ghost hunting in new england it's it's still around you can find it on all your podcasting platforms will thank you for coming on the podcast being part of this serial snippet thank you for your service also to this country we do appreciate that and I hope that you guys are staying safe up there in Buffalo and New York. And we will talk again soon, I swear to God. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the support. And uh, I've achieved my dreams of being on uh, Serial Spirits. All right, Spiritual Serial. You finally got to taste <laughs> some of the Spiritual Serial. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next time, brother. Thanks, man. So, guys, that was my good friend and fellow unbeliever and paranormal investigator, Mr. Will Fox. Go give him some love. Give his team some love. Check them out. You know, uh, when you are with a team that is uh, as good as his team is, you know, you got a lot of veteran paranormal investigators. It's pretty awesome to learn from them and see, you know, the different techniques. And if I was working with any team in New York, this is the team I'd want to work with because they seem like they got a lot of really good people on their team. And, uh, you know, Will Will's just a great guy too. And like we said before, thank you for your service in the military. It is greatly appreciated, brother. So guys, that brings us to the end of another snippet. Like I said, continue checking out all the great shows on ParanormalWarehouse.com, guys. We love doing this show and we're going to keep bringing it to you as long as we can. So until next time, guys, be aware, be safe, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. Find us weekly 
on all your podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you subscribe. Our theme song was written and produced by Annie Weibel for Serial Spirits, the podcast. Check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Serial Spirits. You can always find Serial Spirits on www.paranormalwarehouse.com. Check out all the amazing shows that Paranormal Warehouse has to offer. Also on Twitter at Serial Spirits. Guys, be aware and be safe. We'll see you next time.